You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Are you a diehard comic book collector? Or maybe a lapsed fan? Maybe even someone who has never picked up a comic book in their life. Hi, I'm Remso Martinez. And I'm Mark Clare. Every single Wednesday at the Second Print Comics Podcast, Remzo and I take a deep dive into the storylines, character arcs, moments, and events that made us the fans we are today. Tune in every Wednesday for new episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else podcasts are available. Check out more from the Second Print Comics Podcast at secondprintcomics.com. You're on the run with Remzo W. Martinez. I don't get many strange requests. Uh, maybe it's because my my you know my standard for what is strange is already pretty low. You know, we talk to homeless people, talk about dead people, talking to alive people, aliens, all that stuff, and then everything else in between. Because you know, this is a political show. It's a family political show really talks about politics, but sometimes we got to dive into the deep end of the pool children and start getting into the things that ultimately do matter and do impact all of our lives. And over the past year, we've been talking about all of this and more over here on the run. You know, the skills you need to go ahead and adapt to harsh environments, such as what we saw with the lockdowns, understanding the science from both sides of every crazy political aisle, and just trying to understand the drastically changing world we're living in. But I went ahead and received an email regarding a new documentary. It's called Follow the Science uh, on Lockdowns and Liberty. And what this basically is doing is it's taking an objective look at what has happened over the past year and a half. And it feels so strange now that we're already starting to see uh, some projects like this coming out because it still feels like we're still in the midst of the story. But when it comes to really the the first six months primarily from March of 2020 onward, um, I mean, shit got weird. We were, we were fighting each other for toilet paper. Wendy's ran out of beef. You know, everyone was buying guns. Like, it's weird. So what I want to do is I want to go ahead and talk about this with the director of this film. But because of the way that y'all work, I know how you work Reddit and everyone else. We're going to go ahead and respect their privacy. But I can't go ahead and just call this person anonymous. So I went ahead and went on Google, pulled up a random name generator, and I saw Gary came up. So we're just going to call this gentleman Gary. Gary, welcome to the program. Thanks, Remzo. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. So, you know, I, I you, both of us are laughing at this. This this is a little ridiculous. But the topic and the seriousness of this topic are not ridiculous. It's not something to laugh at. If anything, it's something we need to be having a bigger conversation about. You went ahead and sent me the link to the trailer for this as you're currently trying to raise funds uh, to go ahead and you know finish and produce this film. Uh, I I'm I, I am fearful for what happens next for you because I think you know, especially if the listeners of this program, I think you're going to meet your goal. I think you're going to get a lot of people watching this, and hopefully, you'll change a lot of minds in the process. But it's uh, it's a sensitive topic because for people that want to try and look at this like rational, common sense adults, 
uh, this is not the climate that is really hospitable for that. So let, let's start from the beginning. What prompted you to want to go ahead and start on this journey? Where are you currently at and where are you trying to take this film? Absolutely. Well, one thing I should clarify off the bat, I, I will not be the director on the project. I'm one of the producers. All right. Um, so uh, we, we do have somebody attached who may be our director. He'll, he'll definitely be involved in the project. Um, we're still kind of solidifying our team. But okay. uh, I, uh, I'm i definitely Gary one, one of the Gary producers. Gary two, Gary three, Gary Exactly. Four. Lots it. of Garys. Lots of Garys. <laughs> I dig it. So uh, not to, to uh, pitch another podcast, but this all originated um, from a podcast that Tom Woods did. He was interviewing a gentleman named Ian Miller, who uh, has done a lot of amazing charts comparing the data in various areas around the world. And uh, Tom said, you know, I really wish somebody would do a quality documentary about all of this stuff. It's got to get out there. And I was listening and I, I said, yeah, gosh, I really wish somebody would do a documentary about this. And I looked in the mirror and I was like, well, maybe I should do a documentary about this. And so <laughs> I, I called up a couple of my, my entertainment industry buddies and I said, I, you know, I don't know how serious I am about this, but let me float this by you. And they're like, oh, God, yeah, it probably needs to be done. And so we brainstormed for a while and and we, we weren't sure in the beginning that we wanted to be anonymous about it, but the more we batted it around and consulted with our families, uh, who basically said, we, we really don't want your necks on the line uh, with this project. You're, you're speaking with the former outreach director of Parlor, so I totally understand where you're coming <laughs> you get from. It. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we decided that uh, we, we needed to kind of create a shield for ourselves. And in the process of doing that, we actually... Um, decided that this this production company uh which we are we're calling sound mind creative group um will be a a, a good uh space for future projects for people who want to create projects that are somewhat heterodox that may run against the mainstream um and you know my my sense is there are probably a lot of people in the entertainment industry who don't make projects because they're afraid of what the consequences might be. And uh, we think this this may have legs in the long run, at least as long as cancel culture is a real thing in our in our world. And I mean, hopefully that'll go away soon. But unfortunately, I don't see that happening in the near future. Absolutely. And I mean, the the crazy thing is when I was I was getting involved with this crazy world outside of our windows. Uh, I, I grew concerned when people like Alex Jones were basically kicked off the internet in 2018. Yeah. Now, am I an Alex Jones fan? No, but you know, he wasn't committing a crime. He had unpopular opinions, but you know, Bill Maher has things I don't like to hear. Uh, you know, what's his name? Uh, Keith Olbermann says things that I don't like to hear just because I don't like to hear something doesn't mean right. that I want to go ahead and completely shutter it. So when uh, he got taken down, I was like, OK, what we're doing is we're starting at the very edges and we're going to keep moving towards the middle. Yeah. And eventually what, what is considered publicly acceptable speech and topics of uh, conversation are slowly going to erode. And uh, not not many people know about this, but I'm I'm a regular contributor to the world according to Ben Stein, Ben Stein's uh, show, which is on three days a week, and we talk about all of this stuff. And an episode that uh, we did about a month ago was removed from YouTube. Now Ben Stein, let's look at him for example. He's a Keynesian econo uh, he's a Keynesian economist, 
worked for uh, Richard Nixon. He was from Ferris Bueller. He's a big celebrity. He's, a, he's as moderate center-right as they come. Everyone likes him. But he's an outspoken religious advocate. And he did a documentary um, called Expelled Way Yonder Back. And because of that, uh, he basically got expelled from Hollywood. And now he's on YouTube with me. So I don't know if this is more about me or less about him. But if that can happen to Ben Stein, of all people, it can happen to anybody. And for folks that, you know, might not have the name recognition as him, we don't often get you know, certain leniences, if anything, for us normal folk, uh, the penalties are often way, way heftier. So, I I mean, as you were discussing this with your partners and everything, what were some of the other obstacles that came in your way other than just the reaction you might get from people? Well, certainly, uh, the three of us work actively in the entertainment industry and, um, you know, we've seen lately that the entertainment industry, people are losing massive jobs. Gina Carano is a good example. Uh, and and careers are, you know, just dis- disappearing down the drain for people that are being outspoken. So for the three of us, I mean, all of us would love to be in a position where um, we could have income that's not dependent on the entertainment industry, or at least the, the major corporate aspect of the entertainment industry. Um, but that's not the reality right now. So um, that that was certainly a f- major financial concern for us is uh, putting our necks on the line, creating this. And, you know, all of us have seen on, on Facebook, I, I know early on in this, all of this back in the spring of last year, I started putting feelers out onto Facebook, going against the mainstream narrative and just found myself getting piled on by people and, and no just no sense or awareness that maybe there was another side to the story. You know, I would post articles that said, uh, you know, hunger may be increasing massively as a result of uh, the lockdowns around the world. Oh, but, you know, we don't want people to die of COVID. So, you know, that'll take care of itself. And uh, just on and on and on stories of of, um, a lack of receptivity to any position that was outside of the mainstream narrative. And uh, it, it became clear to all of us that the, that the general tide um, was was against anything that was contrary to that. The the, um, the trailer you have for the film is, you know, it's a it's a teaser, which is basically trying to show people the general concept and the right. type of themes that you will go into as you actually begin to film and produce this mm-hmm. documentary. And uh, for, for some folks, they might just think, oh, it's just a montage of news clips. But that's the thing you pulled from pretty much everybody. And that is something that I don't even see reporters do on major networks. I don't see Fox really do that. I don't see CNN really do that. OAN doesn't do that. MSNBC doesn't do that. It seems like, uh, and this is coming from somebody that used to work in print media primarily, um, when it comes to the mainstream news, it's less about putting out stories and it's more about two things which are not new to listeners of the show. It's propaganda and it's basically another way of fueling fundraising for the big major political parties. And as what well, you know, I, I consider myself kind of like a political atheist. I fit nowhere. Uh, it, it gets frustrating. So, you know, the, the act of just trying to look at things objectively mm-hmm. isn't just what some people would think the simple route it's probably the bravest route by now. 
because I, I, I got COVID in January of this year. In fact, I caught the most severe form of it. I caught COVID pneumonia. COVID pneumonia, for those of you that don't know, is COVID plus pneumonia. Uh, it's not as severe as walking pneumonia, but it lasts twice as long. So I had it going into March until oh. I could breathe properly. And at the end of it, when people were asking me about my experience and everything, I basically just said, you know, co- one, COVID is real. But secondly... It's not the worst thing I've ever had in my life. And I'm I'm still not getting a vaccine. And this is coming that from somebody that, you know, did used to smoke cigarettes and up until 2020 actually caught strep throat every year. And I would rather have COVID pneumonia over and over than catch strep throat. And that went ahead and peeved a bunch of people the wrong way because they're like, you caught it and you got the most, you know, terrible form of it. You're still not getting a vaccine. I'm like, no, I don't even get flu shots. Well, why are you one of those anti-vaxxer people? I'm like, no, I, I love vaccines. I, I hate polio. In fact, when I joined the army in 2013, I had to get an anthrax shot. So give me whatever, but give me the things that I want to consent to. I don't even get flu shots because when I get them, I get the, I get full on flu. Like it's mm-hmm. just one of those things where it's like, when I don't get them, I only end up catching it anyway. Let it be my choice, but respect my ability to have that choice. And that's the thing. And in the commercial, what we see is everyone from, you know, uh, Newsom of California to Cuomo to Fauci, they're, they're taking away choice. And it was all done in the name of fear. And we're just now getting past this phase where now people are really starting to question, you know, what was this worth there or not? So, you know, in, in terms of the intent of what you're looking at, what is the real focus that you want to go ahead and draw people's awareness to in this no. film? Is it just the reaction to the lockdowns? Was it the concept of it? I mean, where are we going? It's uh, it's primarily analyzing the political response to COVID. We're, we, we're not all that interested in um, looking too much about, you know, I, I think we all believe COVID is real. Uh, it's not, uh, there's no kind of conspiracy theory here. Um, we're, we want to look at the data. We want to look at the real science and um, see if if the choices that were made uh, were supported at all by by the real data. And we also want to look at the stories of people whose lives have been decimated by by these policies. So those are really the two critical nodes of of the project. Um, And I should mention there are two two phases of the project. We're planning on releasing a short version, 20 to 30 minute version uh, in the fall. And then uh, a feature length project that will be finished probably in the first half of 2022. Um, And the the reason for that is we feel some urgency to get something out right away um, because there may be a resurgence of cases in the fall and a resurgence of the lockdowns, which hope like the dark ha- part two. Exactly. And, uh, you know, people are already talking about it. And I, I, that that really concerns us. And to whatever degree, what we create can mitigate that some. Uh, we hope we hope that it, it can. Um, the, the long form project we see is hopefully more of a retrospective that will be looking back on what happened and and going more in depth into um, how how this could happen. How is it that we. Uh, so willingly gave up our rights uh, around the world and just basically laid down and said, okay, you want us to give up our fundamental rights. Uh, we'll, we'll do that because we're in fear. Um, and, and also to look at kind of the broader implications because our belief, uh, our, the core belief of the group of people making this is that this should never happen again. There's really, at the deepest layer of this project 
is that this kind of response is never justified, no matter how intense the crisis is. Um, so it's not going to be like a pandemic. No, no, okay. it's definitely our our intent with this is to reach as as much of the mainstream as possible. Obviously, we know there are people who will not pay attention to it and who will immediately dismiss it. We see our target market being uh, what we call the live and let live crowd. We believe there's a large cross-section of people across the country and the world who basically believe people should be left alone to live their lives the way they want to, even if they don't always uh, play that out in all all political circumstances, but they have a a, a basic uh, understanding that that's how people should be left alone. Um, and uh, we think a lot of people who may have that orientation had that stripped away in part by the fear that was instilled in them by by governments and the mainstream media. And and the goal of this is to restore that uh, belief to to say. Um, first of all, the science doesn't support these measures. And secondly, um, you need to pay attention to what's going on in your own sphere of influence and be able to make the choices that you think are right according to your values and your risk, risk assessment. And so we, we uh, want to basically appeal to as wide a cross-section as possible. And, and in order to do that, we need to have a very narrow focus. Um, we we probably are not going to get into uh, issues of vaccines unless it's about vaccine passports, because that's another infringement of liberty that we think is an important um, outgrowth of this. Um, but uh, yeah, the, our focus is really going to be primarily the lockdowns, probably some on mask mandates. So I, I know too many people in and outside of Hollywood within the media primarily who are planning. I'm not going to say it's similar projects like yours, but it's within the same sphere, except here's the big difference between you and them. They're all waiting for a Republican to become president because in their minds, if they can get at least get a Republican administration, they'll have to an extent some more degrees of, you know, socially acceptable protection, even though when it comes to the cancel crowd and everything else, nothing is socially acceptable in, in that range. So by then, if they do that, and as I've told them, it, it won't matter. The damage will be done. The conversation talking points will be fixed. There's no bravery in that. Whereas what you're doing with this film is, you know, to put it, put it bluntly, you're willing to kind of lay down on the barbed wire so that way other people could have a chance of talking about this because that, that is the, the, the thing that people don't understand. Um, I, I get flack often because when it comes to the discussion regarding social media, should it be, you know, nationalized? Should we it be reformed? What should we do? Whose side are you on? It gets real murky. But what mm -hmm. I tell people is, you know, it's not about using somebody else's platform to get your voice out. It's about creating the content and the materials and the products and creating the services to go directly to people. I mean, what you're doing is what I've recommended for other people who have tried, especially to self-finance their own documentaries. Um, I know somebody is trying to do something about, uh, you know, refugees in Syria. And I told them, well, don't just go on Facebook, go to churches. 
It was before mm-hmm. the lockdowns where you could still go to churches and things <laughs> right. like that. I'm like, go directly to the people. And, and I feel like right now that that direct contact and that ability to work directly with people is is the most important thing right now because I, I can already tell you, you're going to have a hard time pushing this on social media. Yep. You're going to have a hard time keeping a newsletter list. I'll be surprised if you're going to be able to keep a website if this gets more popular. But that's what you knew going into this. So how do you plan on getting the message out about this? Because you want to raise, what was it, 300K? That's that's actually a phase. Uh, we, okay. oh, we're, we're aiming for 100K for the short version. Right now, we're aiming for 300K in total in order to already start laying the groundwork for the, the feature-length project. And ultimately, uh, in terms of crowdfunding, we're looking to raise 500K uh, to really fund the, the full-length documentary. Uh, you know, we we debated uh, back and forth about uh, what the right price point would be on this, and we decided that that we needed to make it as high as as reasonable um, because we we really want to make this as high quality as possible. We want to bring the right team of talent on board, uh, and and those things are going to cost money. We want a very strong director. We want a very strong animator to animate the data. Um, we we're there's talent that we are hoping to have involved um, that will be on screen and and that will come at a cost. Uh, we want a very uh, well crafted soundtrack. Um, so there are all all of those uh, items, including legal and insurance and all of that stuff that any any project needs to have in order to be done. Right. Um, so back to your question of how we're going to get this out there. I mean, an aspect of of what we're going to have to be paying for is uh, somebody who really knows how to handle and navigate PR and who and part of their job is going to be figuring out the new landscape, uh, because obviously what the the old guard uh, platforms are are quickly disappearing for people who are saying things like what we're saying. Uh, I'm, I am encouraged to see that. Some things still are up on YouTube that I, I am a bit surprised about. Uh, some things critical of the lockdowns that have been there for a while. So it, some things slip under the radar, but obviously the more- It's not because of grace. It's because of inability it, to find it. That's which right. Is, yeah. Which is the only like saving grace in all of this. I mean, it's one of the reasons why this is not a video show primarily, because uh, you know I think it was a few months ago, you had a bunch of people at the New York Times and Vox. They were saying, you know, the next phase of our war to save our democracy- is to go after podcasts and Apple I who posts that. everything. They're just like, I don't know if we could do that. Not because in their hearts, they're probably thinking two things. One, for the more ideological people, they're thinking, yes, it's about time. The others are thinking we're going to lose a shit ton of money if we do that. But I mean, the, the genie's out of the bottle. There are millions of podcasts out there putting out thousands of hours of con of content hourly. So, I mean, it's one of the few fields where they're going to keep it up just because, you know, if they try and even take a scalpel to it, like some people are suggesting, you're going to end up like, you know, cutting a, you know, cutting an artery. It's going to create a giant issue. Absolutely. It's not just because I have a face for radio, folks. There's a strategy (laughs) behind this. So I should mention, uh, since we were talking about the fundraising aspect, I mean, we, we really are hoping that people will get behind this project, um, not just because we want to get it made, um, but we see this as an investment in all of our futures. And uh, so if, if people are interested in supporting us, the website for that is fundraiser.com. 
and that's spelled F-U-N-D-R-A-Z-R.com, and then forward slash follow the science. So fundraiser.com forward slash follow the science. And folks, I'll make it easy. I'll just include it in the show notes too. Great, perfect. And there, like you mentioned, Remzo, we've got a five-minute trailer. And that, you know, you mentioned that it's it's uh, basically clips of various people back-to-back creating a kind of narrative and contrast. Um, that's just, you know, we this this all started for us about two months ago. So that's something that we put together quickly in the, in the attempt to get some interest in the project. That's not, it's representative of the ideas, but it's not representative of uh, the style or how we'll approach this. We, we plan to have interviews with um, scientists, with people who have been studying this carefully. One person that we've been in discussion with already is uh, Nick Hudson at Panda, which is a great organization, pandata.org, that's doing a a lot of analysis of all of the various data. Um, And then I mentioned Ian Miller earlier. Uh, We're also in discussion with him about having him as part of the project. Um, So we'll we'll have a lot of interviews of, of those folks. We'll have interviews of people whose lives have been turned upside down by all of this. And that's, you know, it's that contrast between the data that shows that these choices made no difference. These choices to lock people down made no difference and the devastation that was caused by them. You know, these people lost their businesses, their lives, their health for nothing, essentially. And that, that's the real terrible tragedy of, of all of this. And, and these are tragedies that people on the left should be concerned about. You know, they, they, should, they should be the ones championing the small businesses who are having to shut down I want to pick your brain on that, though, because like even a year and a half ago, I would have been totally on board with you about that. But even now, as I look around it, I I, and maybe I'm jaded. So I, you know, I could be completely wrong about this. Maybe it's just because of my current headspace. I don't think they care anymore. Like it used to be. And this is coming from somebody that's a self-identified libertarian. It used to be be with the right when the right is right and be with the left when the left is right. Mm-hmm. I don't even think the left gives a shit anymore. I genuinely don't. I think they're willing to have people sleep on the streets if it means that other people can deliver them their groceries and they could sit at home wearing two masks and a condom because why not and go ahead and criticize people online. I don't genuinely think they care anymore. I, I'm also think- one of those people. I don't even think, you know, not to get political. I don't even, I don't believe the election was rigged. I don't know if Joe Biden got 80 million votes, but what I do know is that I, I genuinely believe he got a lot of votes of people that didn't like Joe Biden, but right. they liked the idea of more lockdowns and they didn't like Trump. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there are all kinds of people on both sides of the political spectrum. And I think there are, there are certainly ideologues who have a devotion to the party, no matter whether, no matter whether the party is right or wrong on, on both sides. Um, I, I know a lot of people on the left being in the entertainment industry, and I know the hearts of those people. And I know, I want to believe the, those hearts are in the right place. I know that, that they're good, compassionate people and, and very concerned about the, the welfare of others. Um, and I can't say I've 
mind their depths. I haven't gotten into in-depth conversations about these issues because I just, in general, haven't found it productive to do so. Um, but I, I, I uh, well, I'll, I'll say this, uh, you know, uh, there are members of my family uh, who are, who are very, um, I wouldn't call them like uh, hard left, but they're, they're definitely left sympathizers. And um, uh, I've talked with them fairly extensively about this and they're starting to come around they're starting to say yeah you know we are starting to see that maybe the lockdowns weren't a great idea um and and so i i do think that there are there's a there's a contingent of people that can still be reached uh i i was just having this discussion with one of my collaborators on the project yesterday and and he was saying you know i think there are people who on the left who don't who just don't care and who actually take some pleasure in seeing uh the suffering of of uh you know the businesses who are going under and especially if they're their uh, big corporations, but those aren't the ones that are going under, you know, it's the small, I mean, it reminds me my, my first year out of college, I was an intern at the American conservative. And it was when all those hurricanes were like destroying Texas and they, you know, they completely screwed up the Virgin islands, Puerto Rico, Florida, Louisiana, Alabama. And you had people on CNN saying, I don't believe in God, but, this is the universe's wrath on the red states. And I remember seeing people online and I, I, I'll go as far as say, I don't think most people online are real, call them bots or whatever. I don't think it's actual people, but I, it just blew my mind. It's like, we're celebrating the misery of others, people that yeah. we don't know. And, you know, it's not like it was entirely Republicans who got their houses flooded. It was a lot of Democrats. It was a lot of just regular everyday people. Well, and the same thing with the riots. I mean, when you see the 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 business owners whose lives were destroyed, whatever race they were, uh, by the by the riots, I, they they were there was so much there were one, so many excuses. One out of them. every three. I think it was one out of every three. And this was a Business Insider article. Business Insider, not very not what people think of as right wing media. Business Insider. One out of every three black businesses in America either shut down as a result of the lockdowns or the riots. One out of every three. So you want to say that black lives matter and that you support black owned businesses. Well, good job. You shut them down either by regulation or by fire. But nobody likes to talk about that. Right. Yeah. The the costs of all of this have to be discussed. And that's that's part of the the impetus behind this project is to bring those stories out out into the light. Uh, and so and yeah, uh, let me say one thing real quick about that. Uh, we're, we are we are seeking stories um, to that that will best kind of work in the narrative of the of the project. So, uh, at our website, which is soundmindcreativegroup.com, uh, we have a portal where people can submit stories either that they've experienced personally, that people they know, or even if they're just aware of a of a uh, story that's kind of important about this. Um, and everybody's privacy will be protected. Obviously, ultimately, we'll want to get people on camera and do an interview with them. But uh, we we would love to uh, receive a, just a plethora of stories from all kinds of stories. You know, they're, 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 they're the obvious stories of the business owners who've lost their business. But they're, they're different 
they're different indirect stories, you know, people whose health, health has been compromised because they haven't been able to get medical attention. Uh, you know, I heard of a, of a kid who was bound for college and now basically uh, the, all of the savings of the family is gone and, oh and the kid gosh. can't go to college now, you know. So there are all, all these kinds of stories that, and, uh, that we're seeking. So uh, please feel free to uh, share any with us, everybody that's out there. And I was I was kind of rambling a moment ago, but like it, it doesn't sound like you just have one big project or even just a couple of phases. It almost sounds like you could go on tour of this for years because, I mean, to me, you don't have a film. You have a campaign. And I think that is needed now more than ever because my and I'm already predicting this. You know, let's say whether it's a couple years or a couple terms, we get a Republican president in, and then all my you know Beltway friends start doing their limited series and their stuff and their HBO docs and stuff like that. It's just going to be you know they're doing it for awards. They're doing it as basically something to throw on their resume. They're they're not really doing it to help people. But, you know, we're, we're in the fight right now. And I mean, my th- this isn't a criticism. It was just an observation. I, I brought this up at the beginning of the show. It's like it feels weird because you're talking about something. And from the outset, it's like a, you know, beginning, middle end story. But for me, it feels like we're still in the middle of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we, we clearly are. And, and uh, like I said, part of the point of getting the short out there is is to do what we can to circumvent that um and and i don't think that uh, even a year from now which is kind of what we're projecting for the future this isn't going to be over the lockdowns around coronavirus may be over but what what this has started to my mind is a a denigration of of the principles that Western civilization is is built upon. You know, the whole notion of what science is and how science should play a role in public policy. Uh, It's part of the reason we called the project Follow the Science, um, because that bromide has been put out there. And science now is treated as a as a dogma. And that's that's I mean, science has been used that way, obviously, by by different despots throughout throughout the years. But real science is a process and it's never settled. Even the most obvious ideas, things that we take to be obvious ideas, have to be continually questioned um, because the, the whole point of science is is the fallibility. Uh, and so that's that's certainly something that we are going to look at in the long form project. And we feel like that's a really fundamentally important challenge to um, how a lot of people have started to think about science and especially something like COVID. Uh, you know, if you're talking about evolution, OK, you know, that that's pretty settled, I, I, even though there's still debate about it. Uh, we should still be open to challenges to it and take them seriously if evidence comes forward. But, you know, that's been debated for hundreds of years. What COVID is and how it impacts people and what the symptoms are and uh, what the survivability rate is and all of those things, uh, it's new. It's new information. And to think that um, politicians and pundits have those answers is, is utterly ridiculous. Those answers come about from people on the ground making choices, making discoveries, fun, fumbling, making mistakes, 
dying. Uh, you know, all, all of that information is grist for the mill of, of a deep understanding of what's going on. And they've prevented that by locking us down. They've prevented all of that information from coming from the ground up and, and rising so that we have a deep understanding of what's going on. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's just one of those things that, you know, the, the, the pundits, they don't have to put in the work. They can go ahead and just go ahead and spew what everyone just wants to hear. So that way they can gain a bunch of more Twitter followers. I mean, you know, I, I was discussing this with a relative who's very left of center, still talks to me. We don't talk much about this type of stuff because arguments ensue. But I was talking about the, the scope monkey trials from, you know, the, the early end of the I'm sorry, the, the early beginning of the 20th century, where you have this public education teacher that wanted to teach evolution just as a theory. He was like, if I have to teach creationism, I might as well teach the other theories. And it's like, you know, here I am. I'm a Liberty University graduate, so you could probably assume my view of evolution, but it's a theory. It's a theory that has a lot of backing behind it. People should at least know it so that way they can question their own beliefs and then after they've been educated on it, figure it out themselves. And I feel like a moron because 10 years ago, what I'm saying is a very basic thing. Almost everyone would agree with that. Yeah, we should at least have equal access to things. But it's that equal access point, which, as you mentioned, with, you know, shutting down the conversation entirely, that that's going to be, I, I think, the, the big challenge, not just for topics like this, but for any topic going further. Absolutely. I'm lucky because of the way I do the show. But my, my next question is distribution. And that's something that you, you've got to be worrying about. How do you actually expect to get this out to people? Yeah, well, uh, like I said before, I, I am hopeful. We're all hopeful that having the right PR person on board will help us navigate those waters some. Uh, it, it will be kind of a different a different job than normal PR would have been because you know we're we're going to have to look for uh, new platforms. Um, I mean, you're going to have to find somebody from like the Bush administration to go through all that <laughs> chaos, right? There. Maybe so. <laughs> our our hope, and 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 maybe it's delusional, but our hope is that if we make this airtight enough in terms of the science uh, and mainstream enough, unlike something like Plandemic that maybe Netflix would let it slip through. Um, and maybe, you know, by the time we had the, it is a big gift, but uh, you know, it's an aim. Um, and, and maybe a year from now, the lockdowns will have been enough in the rear view mirror that it won't have been so controversial or won't be so controversial at that time uh, that, that it might have some space. Uh, all of that, you know, we're going to be navigating and debating and and doing whatever we can to to find ways to get it out there. Um, I don't have any easy answers at this point because it's all new territory for us as well. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. And I mean, anything like this that's worth doing is worth doing, not because it's easy, but because it's right. I am going to go ahead and put my money is where my 
mouth is, folks. I'm actually going to get go ahead and after recording this, so by the time you hear it, I'm going to go ahead and contribute a few dollars because if we talk about these things, it's nice to do that, but we might as well take action. I'll Thank go you, ahead and be making a donation after this recording. You've sold me on it. Uh, it won't be much because I'm a broke bitch, but I might as well try because I believe in it. And I'm hoping that listeners who also believe in this cause will as well. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and link to it in the show notes, as I mentioned, but if people want to go ahead and check out the trailer and the website and everything else, again, how could they do so? So uh, that's fundraiser.com forward slash follow the science and Razor in fundraiser is R-A-Z-R. And uh, the website is soundmindcreativegroup.com. Uh, I should also give out our email address in case there's somebody who at this point is not interested in um, uh, donating, but maybe they have a skill that they want to offer or some other information that they want to share with us. So that's a soundmindcreativegroup at protonmail.com. And uh, we can be reached there. Well, sir, I greatly appreciate your time. Best of luck with your efforts and, uh, you know, keep, keep us updated. I'd love to have you back on and talk more, especially as this progresses. Sounds great. Thank you so much, Renzo. I really appreciate it. Well, folks, conversations like this only happen because of you. It costs you nothing, but it means everything to me. A five-star rating interview on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you listen to the show across Al Gore's amazing internet. Share it with a friend. Share it with a lover, a hater. You know how to do it. Just keep these conversations going. As, as always, be good, be safe, and I'll talk to you later.